Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. Right now, if you will, take your Bible and turn with me, please, to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. I want to look at uh, verse 1, Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. Acts chapter 3, we're going to uh, begin <clears throat> with verse 1. Uh, I told you a couple weeks ago, and we put it on Facebook, I think I might have shared it again today, uh, about Wednesday nights being... Uh, empower nights and uh, something the Lord just kind of began to deal with me about uh, and uh, so I want to I want to uh, talk tonight on the subject and it's it's a simple uh, simple subject but I think it's it's very very important uh, because probably in reality, many of us here tonight, or some of us, uh, possibly uh, are, are guilty or are not guilty or, or what we, we don't apply. And so what I want to talk to you tonight is about activating uh, the Word of God. And, and we might stay on this subject for a little while, but... Uh, what I mean by activating the Word of God is, is simply this, that it's, it's one thing to have knowledge and to know something, but if you don't apply what you know, knowledge is of no value. Uh, you know, the strength of, a, of an army cannot be determined in the classroom. Uh, you don't know the power of an army in the classroom, but its ultimate strength is determined on the battlefield. And so, but it doesn't negate the importance of the classroom because the classroom is that place where training, information is given. And, and information, uh, you, you operate based upon information that you receive. The soldier uh, that goes into basic training or boot camp or whatever you want to call it goes in and receives a lot of information, receives a lot of training. And so the classroom is important uh, because that's where you get the concepts, the principles of, of uh, the way that, that the soldier needs to operate. But that doesn't determine their strength. Uh, you can't determine whether they're strong or weak by what goes on in the classroom. That is only determined on the battlefield. And it's in the battle or on the battlefield where the soldier applies the things that uh, they've, they've gained from the classroom. But that's where the true strength of an army is determined. So likewise with us as Christians, uh, our, <clears throat> our strength and our effectiveness is not determined in here. Uh, 
Uh, this, is, this is our classroom. Your classroom might be your private devotional time at home. Uh, it might, and, and to go a little bit further, your strength is not determined in your prayer closet. All right? Uh, and, and all of that's good. Classroom time, teaching time, receiving from God is good. Spending time in your prayer closet is good. Those things are vital, but it's just like I said about the soldier. That's where you get principles. That's where you get information. That's where you, you get concepts of, of God and of God's Word. Uh, but uh, the classroom and, and the prayer closet can't fight my battles. I am the only one that can fight my battles. And I know that God fights for me, and that's true. But if I fail to apply what I get in the classroom, if I fail to apply what is downloaded in me in my prayer closet, then all that is of no value because I fail to apply the principles and the concepts that God's given me. So what I want to talk to you tonight about is your battle, the outcome of your battle, and the outcome of your joy, the outcome of your peace, the outcome of your life, you, you getting, reaching what God wants you to reach, getting that place, uh, that relationship with God that, that God wants all of us to have is determined uh, on, by, or by you activating your faith and activating uh, the Word of God in your life. And what I mean by activating, I mean applying the Word of God to your life. So many people don't understand uh, that concept. And, uh, and, and so what I'm saying is that, that many times we, we come to the house of God and we sit and we hear, we hear word and we listen to word and, and we, we drive down the road and we listen to great messages on uh, iPod or, or uh, whatever that is. But, yeah, all that. And, uh, but we hear all that stuff. Podcast. That's, that's what it was. But we hear all that stuff. And it sounds good, and, 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 it, and it makes us feel good at the moment. But, but are we applying what we're hearing? Are we applying God's Word to our lives? And so in Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, I just want to get one, one little snippet of something tonight uh, and, I, and we're not going to cover a broad range tonight because I want to just get this one specific thing tonight that I think will encourage you and help you. Uh, but, but at the end of the night, it'll only work if it's applied. And sometimes application is hard. Sometimes it's hard to stand in the midst of a battle it's hard to stand in the face of an enemy and apply the Word of God. And so uh, that's difficult sometimes. And, and I've, been, I've been having to, to do that this week. And, uh, and so 
it, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to stand in the face of a sickness or in the face uh, uh, of an emotional uh, trauma. And it's, it's difficult to stand there and simply declare the Word of God. But that's applying the Word of God. It's one thing to hear it, one thing to listen to it, but it's another thing to stand in the middle of the battlefield when bombs are going off around you, when the enemy is shooting at you and all that, and just stand there and say, I'm going to declare the Word of God. I'm just going to believe what God said. So it all comes uh, in that activation. I'm activating what I've heard. I'm activating what I've listened to, and I'm putting it into practice. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, the Bible says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Father, we thank you tonight for your word, and we thank you for the power of your word tonight. So, Father, I pray that, God, that as we uh, talk about this passage and as we uh, delve into other passages, Holy Spirit, uh, would you come tonight and give us revelation, give us wisdom, give us understanding of the word, and, Father, God, that we can take what we've, we hear tonight and apply it Lord, that we can see miracles, God, that we can see breakthroughs, God, that we can help others to achieve their breakthrough. Father, I thank you tonight that your word uh, will not return to you void, but it will accomplish that where you sent it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In this story, <clears throat> this is uh, Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 2 just took place uh, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost and and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost changed the whole paradigm of, of uh, Christianity and, and religion and all that and it changed uh, these apostles these men like Peter and John and and so uh, here they go <clears throat> uh, that afternoon or that evening and they're on their way uh, to uh, a time of prayer in the temple and they go there and this man is laying there the Bible says he's a lame man been lame from his mother's womb and he was carried there and placed in a certain spot there on a daily basis so he was there every day and uh, he was there begging alms and so 
as people would come in going to prayer or going to the temple, he would probably hold out his cup or hold out his hand and uh, beg uh, them for some money or something, and that was the way that he survived. And so this day, he's sitting there at the same spot, but this was going to be a day that he would not forget. This was going to be a day that his life would change forever. Peter and John come walking by, and he sees them coming, and uh, knowing that they're going into the temple, and he asks them alms. Now look at verse 4. Uh, the Bible says that Peter fastened his eyes upon him along with John and said, look on us. Now, just briefly, the reason that I believe that Peter said that Peter stopped and fastened his eyes upon this individual is this. Because after Pentecost, pre-Pentecost, I don't think Peter would have ever done that. Before the day of Pentecost, I, I don't believe Peter would have ever given this man a second thought, no doubt, and, and probably they had walked by this man many other times, many times uh, prior to that they had walked by him. But, but Pentecost changes something. And what it changes is this. Remember Jesus said, that when, when I, I'm going away, but I'm going to send the comforter, he's going to, I'm going to send him back to you, and he's going to do several things for you. One thing that he's going to do is he's going to remind you of everything that I said, Jesus saying that. He said the Holy Ghost is going to remind you of what I've said. He's going to reveal to you truth. He's going to guide you. He's going to teach you. And all of that. So, here they go. And the difference is this. They're going to the temple today, baptized, filled up with the power of the Holy Ghost. All right? And the difference is that when Holy Spirit gets on your life, Holy Spirit will cause you to look at people in a way that you've not looked at them before. Holy Spirit will cause you to see things that you've not seen before. Holy Spirit will cause you to react to things that you've, you've not reacted to before. Holy Spirit will, will bring about a compassion for the lost and a compassion for those that are broken. You'll no longer look at the drug addict and just say, well, you, may, you messed up, you knew what you were doing, you deserve what you get. Holy Spirit will cause you to look at people and say, you know what, I've got the answer for you. All you got to do is ask me, and I'll tell you. If you don't want to ask me, I'm going to tell you anyway. I've got the answer for you. Holy Spirit, and this is something God's been dealing with me about for several weeks, me and Judy as well. Holy Spirit will cause your relationship with God to go public. All right, And what happened after the day of Pentecost is Jesus went public through those that were in the upper room. All right, So here's Peter and John, and they're walking by. This man looks, and, and he holds out his hand, and, and he's begging for an arm, and Peter stops. I, I, I can see that Peter stops dead in his tracks, and he, and he, and he locks eyes with this individual. And, but here's this guy. 
He's so used to doing what he's always done, expecting what he's always got. And, and so he's looking at Peter and, and he's holding his hand out to Peter and more than likely his hand's out to Peter but his eyes are already looking at the ones that are coming in behind him because he just wants an arm because so many religious folks have passed him that, that have never helped him, that have never been able to give him something that would change his life. And he's looking at, this is just another religious man, so I'm going to hold out my hand for a, for a dime or a dollar, but I'm looking at sister so-and-so that's coming down the road there, and I know that she always gives me some money, so he's not really paying attention to Peter and John. He's looking already, looking already down there. And Peter stops dead in his tracks and says, oh, wait a minute. Get my finger to snap right. Don't be looking down there. I want you to look at me. I want you to pay attention because I've got something that's going to change your life. Now, here's the thing, guys. The Bible says that, that Peter fastened his eyes on him and said, look upon us, and he gave heed to him, expecting to receive something of them. And then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. Listen, another thing about a spirit-filled believer that has spent time with God and spent time praying and seeking and, and, and loving on Jesus, there's something about you will never run out of something to give. You will never run out of something. You've always got something that you want to give away. Peter said, look at us. He said, I don't have silver and gold but such as I have, give I thee. Notice what he said next. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That's what I want to talk to you tonight about. It's because here's what happened. Peter applied something that Jesus had said prior to that that was brought back to him, perhaps Holy Spirit brought it back, or perhaps it's something that, G that Peter remembered. But either way, Peter was reminded of something that Jesus had said, and I believe it was stirred up in him by the power of the Holy Ghost. And as the Holy Ghost began to stir something that Jesus had said earlier to Peter, Peter stopped and said, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter activated something that he had been told by Jesus. Now, let's, let's, let's kind of digress a little bit. And I want you to go to John chapter 5. In verse 19, while you're turning there, I just want to drop this into your spirit. If you want to fight a spiritual warfare using the Word of God, then you've got to know the Word of God. I'm not saying you've got to know 50 scriptures verbatim. I'm not saying that you've got to be able to quote chapter and verse and 
and, and all that, I'm saying you need to read the Word of God because what happens is when I read the Word of God, Holy Spirit on the inside of me takes what I read and writes it on the table of my heart. And when I get in a place and when I begin to fight a battle, I've done, I'm not even thinking about what I read last week or a month ago. But when I get in the middle of the battle, Holy Spirit says to my spirit, turn over in his heart, turn over to page uh, 59 in his heart and, and read this second paragraph out to him. And Holy Spirit flips pages in my heart and begins to read and say, remember this, Cornelius, you read this a few months ago that the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's. So stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Holy Spirit begins to remind me. That's what happened to Peter. His Holy Spirit reminded Peter of something that Jesus had said. Now in John chapter 5 and verse 19, I want us to look, uh, we're going to look just briefly at the relationship that Jesus had with his Father and how Jesus mimicked or Jesus mirrored everything about his Father. All right, we're going to look at that, and then we're going to look at the relationship that we have, the working relationship that God wants us to have with him. So Jesus said to them in John chapter 5 and verse 19, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord. Now, who's, who's most of you probably, this is red letter in, in, in most of your Bibles. If you got a Bible, if, 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 you, if it ain't red letter, you need to throw that thing away and get you a red letter Bible. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but the, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus is speaking here, and he says, Truly, truly, I say to you that I can do nothing of my own accord. But I only do what I see my father doing. That's, that's a typical son, isn't it? Jesus said, now catch this. Jesus is the son of God. He is God in the flesh. He is God incarnate. All right. Why does he have to say this? I believe one of the reasons that Jesus said this is because Jesus was painting a picture for you and I to mimic or to copy or mirror the relationship with him that he had with his father. All right? So what Jesus was saying was, look, guys, I... I don't do anything on my own. Everything that I do, I do it because I see, I have seen my daddy do it. There's a story told one time of a man that was, that was an alcoholic and, and every, every evening at a certain time he would leave out of his house and, and walk down the street to the local tavern. And, and stay there and drink until he was drunk and come back home. 
this particular evening he walked out of his house and it had, it had come a snow uh, snow had fallen that day and, and he was walking along and he heard something behind him and he turned around and looked and his little boy was, was jumping and stepping in, in the snow in his father's footsteps. He looked back and he saw his little boy and he said, Son, what are you doing? You need to go back home. And his son looked at him and said, Daddy, I'm coming. Just hold on. I'm following in your footsteps. And it broke the dad's heart and he recognized what he was doing and he turned around and went back home and, and uh, the rest is history. But you see, Jesus said, For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. Man, we could stop right there tonight and say, hey, if you want to see miracles happen in your life, just do what your daddy's doing. Just do what your father's doing. Follow in his footsteps. Don't do anything that he hadn't done and do what he has done, and you'll see lives changed. All right? But this, Jesus was saying this to, to show us the working relationship that he had with his father. He said, for the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. Greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. Man, how awesome is that? Listen, the Jews looked at it when Jesus was saying this. The Jews looked at it and called it blasphemy. They said, this man is is blaspheming because he is saying he actually has the gall to say that he is the son of God. All right? So they called it blasphemy. But Jesus said, what I see my father do, that's what I do. All right? Jesus was subject, catch this, Jesus was subject to the will of God of the father the heart of the father was in the heart of the son the desire that the father possessed the son possessed that same desire are you understanding what I'm saying the passion that burned in the heart of the father burned in the heart of the Son. Jesus said, everything that I see him do, that's what I do. I don't move outside of it. I don't try to change it. I do what my Father is doing. Listen, in Luke chapter 22 and verse 42, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And this was one of the one of the most uh, one of the one of the hardest times that Jesus had ever faced as being on earth. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was agonizing. I don't think he was agonizing uh, about the cross because he knew that the cross. He knew he came to go to the cross. But I think he was agonizing with the fact that the sin of the entire human race was going to be uh, 
laid upon his, his shoulders and he knew that his father, being, being God, being pure and being holy, being righteous, could not look upon the sin that, that was going to be laid upon the back of the son. And so it was, Jesus was agonizing in the garden and he made this statement. He said, Father, if you were willing, uh, remove this cup from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus, and we go back to John 5 uh, and verses 19 through 21, what I see my Father do, that's what I do. What I hear from my Father, that's what I speak. What my Father does, I mimic what he does. And then in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, in Luke 22 and verse 42, Jesus said, Father, if you be willing, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. See, guys, there comes a time in our life that, that religion and religion will only take you so far. Religion will only get you inside the church doors. All right? And religion will keep you right where you are. But listen, relationship is life-changing. You look in the Bible and you see people like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the scribes and, and the, the publicans and the lawyers and all that. And those people had religion. They had, they had religion without relationship. And so many people come to church at, and, and spend years and years coming to church and they just have religion, but they don't have relationship. All right? You get on Facebook and you, you see and you, you read the responses of people on Facebook that, that have gone to church for years and years and you see they've got religion, but they don't have relationship because relationship will change you and it will change those around you. Relationship will cause you to bleed with passion. Relationship will cause you to bleed with compassion. Relationship will cause you uh, to have a heart for those that are broken and a heart for those that are lost. Listen, I want to encourage you tonight to understand Jesus was talking out of relationship. He wasn't talking about out of something that he had heard, but he was talking about out of relationship. All right. We need to begin to operate as people that have relationship. Listen, when I've got because I've got relationship with my wife, I could go home tonight and and uh, and she could not have dinner ready when I get home tonight. That's not going to cause me to get out of relationship with her. I could go home tonight and because she's got a hurt foot, uh, because I'm in relationship with her, that's not going to cause me to want to trade her in and get a new one. All right, because we're in relationship, Sister Sarah. We're in relationship, and and relationship causes me to stick with her when when times are hard. Relationship causes me to stay with her when 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 I, I you know she don't really love me, and I know it's true because be looking at me so holy. You don't always love your wife. You don't always love your husband. For about two or three minutes there, you don't like him at all. Come on now. 
I know some of y'all looked at him and said, I don't really love you right now, but I'm going to, I'm not leaving. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stick it out because we're in a relationship. <laughs> All right. Y'all just got to say, bless, bless our little pastor. But it's about relationship. Jesus had relationship with his father. And listen, we need relationship with, with him. And, and relationship is the glue that holds us together. All right? Relationship is the power that keeps us connected with Christ. All right? And I don't forgot where I am, but I'm, I'm going to keep on going like you will never know. I forgot where I am. But Jesus said this. When I see my father raise the dead, then I raise the dead. So everything that Jesus did, he took it from the Father. You remember this the story in John chapter 11, in verse 41, it's the story of Lazarus. And, and you know how that they sent for Jesus, and Jesus stayed and tarried, and he went, and when he finally got to uh, Mary and Martha's house, Lazarus had been dead for several days, and and they had already put him in the tomb and sealed the tomb up. And as a matter of fact, they said that, uh, you know, Jesus, he's probably smelling by now. So you don't need to open that tomb up and all that. But the Bible says in, in verse 41 of John chapter 11 that Jesus walked up to the tomb of Lazarus. And he looked at him and, and, and told him to take away the stone. So they took away the stone and the Bible says that Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, and I want you to notice what Jesus said. He lifted up his eyes and said, Father, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I thank you that you have heard me. Verse 42 says that Jesus said, I knew that you always hear me but I said this on account of the people that are standing around that they may believe that you sent me get this picture and we're talking about a working relationship with Jesus and the Father Jesus said he didn't just say Lazarus come forth he could have and Lazarus would have came forth but again he was showing that relationship with daddy and he looked the Bible says he lifted his eyes no doubt toward heaven and said father I thank you that you heard me I thank you that you've already heard me so what that lets me know is this that somewhere between Jesus your friend Lazarus is sick come and the time from there until he got to the tomb and said take away the stone Jesus had had some communication with the father And he said, Father, <clears throat> I've seen you raise the dead. 
so I know that I can raise the dead. And so he gets to the tomb of Lazarus. And I, he said, I thank you that you've heard me. In that, in that little statement there, guys, there's something that you need to grab. And you need to, you need to grab it with both hands. Because remember in John 5 and verse 19 that Jesus, uh, when Jesus said that, uh, verse 21, as the Father raises the, the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. And then in uh, John chapter 11, verse 41, 42, Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. There's a, there's a statement of faith in that, guys, that we need to grab a hold to. Because Jesus had no, had no qualm, he had no doubt that the Father had heard him. Listen, everything that Jesus did, every word that Jesus said, he did it to set an example so that you and I could follow. Maybe it's time that we stop saying, Lord, please do this and begin to say, Lord, thank you that you've heard my prayer. Thank you, Lord, that the same hour that I prayed and asked you to do this for me the other day, I thank you that it's done. It's already been it's already been finished. The work's already been done. That's the way Jesus did it. Don't you think we can follow his example? I think so. I think I can follow his example. If Jesus did it, I can do it. And you might say, well, Pastor, you're fanatical and crazy. Well, they they told Jesus he was fanatical and crazy too. They told him he was a blasphemer. So whatever you want to call me, go ahead and call me that. But I'm going to mimic and I'm going to mirror what my daddy does. I'm going to mirror what my father does. And so maybe what Jesus is trying to show us in this story, in those two or three words there is that we need to start walking up to the tombs of our problems and saying, Lord, thank you that you've already heard me, but I'm just going to call your name out so that everybody around me will know that I've got relationship with you because you're going to get all the glory and you're going to get all the worship and the praise because I don't want any of it. I'm just going to do what you said do and I'm going to go on about my business. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's, let's look at John chapter 14 and verse 12. Verily, verily, are you there? Say amen. Verily, verily, are you there? Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, 
And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You see the succession? Jesus said, I don't do anything that I've not seen my Father do. What he says, I say. Everything that I do glorifies him. And now Jesus is saying, whatever you do in my name is going to glorify me that the Father is glorified through the Son. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, we went a long ways, but I'm going to take you back to Acts chapter 3. Remember what Peter said. All right? And, I, and, and I'm not so sure, but I, I pro, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure on this. I believe that, that Peter and John was walking down toward the, the temple that day. And probably they were just reminiscing and, and thinking over and just, uh, just still uh, on, on cloud nine on top of the mountain because of the day of Pentecost and what God was doing and all of that. And, and they're walking along and all of a sudden this man, this lame man, uh, appears in front of them with his hand out and, and, and bam, something happens in Peter. And I believe it's this. I believe the words from John chapter 14, now he didn't have a Bible like we've got uh, written in, but, but it's the words that Jesus said, and I believe that as Peter was standing there and he stopped dead in his tracks and he looked at this lame man, I believe the words that Jesus had said were, were brought back to him by the working of Holy Spirit in it when it said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also and greater works than that shall he do because I go to my father and Peter began to, to think about that and, and it began to well up in his spirit and, and then he remembered what Jesus said that whatsoever you shall ask in my name and maybe just maybe Peter was there and this voice on this side over here was saying look this man been lame uh, he was born like this He'd been like this all of his life. He ain't going to be able to say nothing, going to bring healing to him. He'd been like this all of his life. He's been out here for years and years begging alms, and, and Peter's standing there, and, and these words, Holy Spirit begins to well up inside of him. And he remembers these words that Jesus said, whatsoever. What does that whatsoever cover? If you look that word up in Greek, it means whatsoever. All right? It means everything. All right? Whatsoever you shall ask in my name. All right? 
Now, does that mean that I can go out and ask for a, a two-story mansion with four-car garage and all that, and God's going to give it to me? No, this is not name it and claim it. This is the Word of God. This is, listen, there's a huge difference in me walking according to the desires and the lust of my flesh and walking according to the heart of God. The heart of God is always going to be to redeem mankind. All right? I believe God blesses, and I believe he'll bless you. I believe he'll multiply and all that. There's no question about that. But I want to tell you, the heart of God is to see the lost saved, the broken restored, the downcast picked up, the eyes of the blind open in Luke chapter 4, the eyes of the blind open, the prison doors opened up, those that are in captivity be set free. That is the heart of God. And when you begin to operate in the heart of God, remember what Jesus did, what I see my daddy do, that's what I do because I know his heart. When we begin to know the heart of God and begin to walk according to the heart of the Father and begin to speak according to the heart of the Father, you know what's going to happen? We're going to begin to see signs and wonders follow what we're doing. Well, I tell you, this is... This has just been so powerful to me. I don't know if it's doing you any good, but I'm so glad I'm preaching this tonight. All right? So I believe that that's what motivated Peter because Peter remembered. Now, he could have remembered and just walked on by. The lame man would have died a lame man. But he activated what he remembered. He applied what he remembered. And I believe that that's what God's wanting us to do is just simply to apply what Holy Spirit brings up. What Holy Spirit brings out to me, that's what I need to apply. Listen, the Bible says in Acts chapter 3 and, and verse 16, uh, you know everybody's all excited and 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 there's there's a lot of a lot of excitement because this lame man's been healed and he's been restored and all that and look at verse 16 of Acts chapter 3 Peter's telling them what's going what's happened uh, and he and he says and it is his name and by faith in his name talking about Jesus he said it's his name by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect help in the presence of you all. Jesus has given us as sons and daughters, he's given us the authority that we can use his name. All right? And that's what Peter did. Peter took it as truth. He took it as a reality and said, you know what? I'm going to do what Jesus said. 
I'm just going to simply believe what Jesus said. I'm, I'm going to simply, I'm going to put into action what Jesus has said. And I've told you this, I think I've told you, if I hadn't, I'm going to tell you. Uh, that's something that God's been dealing with, with Judy and myself about, and we've been doing it. Uh, every opportunity that we get, we, we pray for people. And, and i tell you where this comes from, <clears throat> because here uh, a few weeks ago, and I've told this, this story numerous times about being in Atmore with my dad and those old uh, uh, parking meters that you put a nickel in and turn it and that, that red thing pops up. And, uh, and, you know, they had them lying in the streets. And it never failed that if I went to Atmore with Daddy uh, before he got his nickel in that parking meter and turned it and that red thing come up, somebody was going to come up to him and say, Brother Phillips, uh, can you pray for me or, or come up and start talking about something going on in their life. And, and it never failed. I can see my daddy today leaning up against one of those parking meters. And, and he would begin to pray. His hand would begin to shake. And they'd begin to speak in tongues and, and, and all that. And, and, and on the streets of Atmore and, and all that. And I was thinking about that the other day. And Holy Spirit brought this to me. And he said, he said this. Your daddy didn't go looking for people to pray for. He saw opportunity, and he seized the opportunity. And he said, it's time for you to begin to take the opportunities that I bring to you. And so what, what we've started doing is when the opportunity arises, so if you're in Walmart and you got something going on in your life and you're easily ashamed uh, and all that, don't tell me about it because I'm going to pray for you in Walmart. All right, because that's what God's been dealing with us about. It's about going public. It's about going public with your faith, going public with what the Word of God says and believing that His Word will work. All right, and so Peter said, he said, it is, it is His name. It is through faith in His name that this man has been healed and restored. So activate the Word of God. Make the Word of God active in your life. Think about Noah, and, and I'm, I'm closing. I've got one minute before eight. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, talking about Noah, you know, that, that Noah heard from God and he moved with fear. He heard something from God and he moved on what he heard wound up saving his family. And you can go on down, all down through Hebrews chapter 11. Abraham uh, heard from God. He was called to go out of, the, out of his homeland. He moved. He, he went out. He did what, he, he reacted to what God had said. So let's react to what God says instead of reacting to what people are saying. Instead of reacting to what the, the devil is saying, let's react to what God is saying. Because God is greater. Amen? Maybe it's time you need to, we, we need to quit reacting to the spirits of witchcraft, the spirits of idolatry, the spirits of perversion, 
and we need to react to the Word of God because the Word of God says no weapon formed against us will prosper and every tongue that rises up against us in judgment can be condemned. See, that's what God's Word says. Amen. Go ahead and stand with me, please. Listen, I've given you information tonight. And it's up to you to apply it. And in the application comes the activation. All right? And so as you activate God's Word, don't do it based upon result. Do it based upon faith. All right? So don't 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 do it and say, well, I'm going to do this and, and I'm going to see that. Do this because this is what God's Word said. God, God is, He's responsible for the results. Amen. So here's what I believe tonight and uh, we're going to be doing a little bit different probably in the coming weeks. But here's what I believe tonight. I believe that on Wednesday night there are going to be people that are going to be in this room that that the anointing of God is going to activate some things in your life. And I believe that God's going to begin to activate some things in your life. And I believe tonight that there's some that are in this room that you've been you've been asking. You've been asking and you've been begging, but God is saying tonight, you need to follow the lead of Jesus standing at the tomb of Lazarus, and you need to begin to say, Father, thank you that you've heard my prayer. Thank you that you've heard my prayer. I hadn't seen anything yet. Jesus, listen, Jesus said that before Lazarus came out of the tomb. All right? He said that before Lazarus ever moved. Father, I thank you that you've heard my prayer. So, I, so I, I believe tonight that God is saying, just begin to declare that tonight. Let that get activated in your life because he wants to do some great things in you.